Johnny Cage, Kano, Luke Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Sebat, Stout, Shao Kong, Fung, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Macabre, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shin, Oxo, Rina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Go, Raicho, Dramin, Foster's now, Dan, Kenji, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Natara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Koma, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Vandavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Fungin, Takeda, Tribe, Dwarf, Cetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat history from the perspective of a single character. And today, uh, my guest is good buddy, uh, comedian, and unbelievably strong man, Ify Wadiwe. Hello. Hey, hey, how's it going? (laughs) How's it going, bud? Good, good. I'm feeling good. How you feeling? I feel great, uh, particularly because I feel like this is the first time I've had a guest who could have fought in the Mortal Kombat tournaments and probably acquitted himself pretty well. I know, yeah. What's always been crazy about the mortal Kombat series is like you know you've had your street fighters virtual fighters uh tekkens mm-hmm. and those were like you know understandable forms of combat and then mortal Kombat is like no you murder people yeah, yeah, yeah. and move up a tournament like uh that's not a tournament <laughs> see it makes more sense to me because that's real elimination yeah. like you know who won well there's it, no you don't need a referee well, someone, I forgot, I, I can't take uh, credit for it because I I did hear someone say it, but it's not really a tournament bracket if you really look at it, because that's just one person either fighting multiple, because if it oh, was right. a bracket, yeah. then the other person would be dead, uh, and then they would move forward, but the tower is this one person. Yeah, I'll also say historically... Uh, at least in terms of like the lore, it really seems like people show up to these Mortal Kombat tournaments. There's someone in charge, like a Shang Tsung or a yeah. Shao Kahn, and they just kind of randomly go like, uh, shit, I don't know, Johnny Cage, Reptile, you guys are fighting, we're all going to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Until there's one person left alive at this tournament. Like, yeah. Well, I guess you won. Yeah, you, you know, no <laughs> one is left standing. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the, I mean, at the, at, and also what I look at in games like these, even though like Mortal Kombat, uh, 10 and onwards proved that this is just totally fine was to stop someone from just pulling out a gun and shooting someone in the head oh no it happens pretty much starting with the first mortal Kombat game because i think if i recall correctly i could be wrong about this i'm pretty sure sonya like because she's from the military straight up pulls out a gun and just shoots at people (laughs) yeah but you know bullets less effective when you're fighting you know half dragon princes or Or, or robots that can shoot missiles out of their chest who are also ninjas Uh, you know, it makes things a lot more challenging. But today, we're going to be talking about uh, a straight-up regular human being oh. who yeah, has his own mystical ups and downs, but uh, for the most part is just an unbelievably strong uh, man like yourself. So I was excited about <laughs> <laughs> talking about uh, Liu Kang with you. We're talking about Liu Kang. He really is... This is an exciting episode for a number of reasons, but one of them is that uh, he is not only sort of the protagonist of Mortal Kombat, yeah. he is like the Luke Skywalker of Mortal oh, yeah. Kombat. 
Um, but also, this is the last of uh, the first game's characters that we're getting through. So I've already talked about everyone else who appeared in that oh, very wow. first Mortal Kombat game. Liu Kang is the last one uh, I've been talking about, and he... Is iconic. He, he is. He has the helicopter air kick. Oh, uh, yeah. It's called a bicycle kick. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, the real thugs call it the helicopter air kick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, and it reminds me because we had a fight club uh, in high school. And, oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was called, it was originally first called the Martial Arts Club. Uh, and Tight. it was, uh, and it was, uh, it was watched over by our teacher who thought it would be a, normal appreciation of martial arts that immediately got out of hand right because we because like it was high school kids so they're like yeah 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 uh martial arts is cool but we got to spar and they <laughs> and the mr speakman the other teacher was like well i'm not gonna because he did akido he was like i'm not gonna oversee this unless <laughs> we get waivers and then we asked my buddy my now buddy lars at the time mr hansen and he was like oh yeah no it's cool i trust you kids not to be crazy wrong uh so then they're like because they're like oh if he had my buddies kind of ran in they're like have you been to uh martial arts club and they were talking about a fight club and i was like well what's the fight club they were like you got to come to mr hansen's class at lunch and we're in this class and i guess in the class they're like we're gonna do martial arts club stuff and he'd go get lunch and what they would do is blast the mortal Kombat theme and spar in his classroom and when you say spar what i'm imagining is the mortal Kombat theme comes up and a bunch of like lanky high school kids just start throwing their arms and legs at each other oh no these are like people there are people in this club who know martial arts and they're just beating the shit out of other kids who don't know martial arts uh, who just kind of like the idea of a fight club and it was like 1v1 matches so it wasn't like just this huge brawl so it would be 1v1 and I knew something was up the moment I was brawling and this guy I don't know martial arts this guy does so he's like (laughs) getting strikes in and they're like if you remember takedowns are totally legal totally just made up in the morning so of course I just (laughs) tossed this kid because I was kind of strong back then so I Uh tossed this kid and win but the the whole reason that Luke Hang reminds me of this is because I convinced my buddy Weldon to get into it also someone who has never done a martial arts and this time it was after school and he was and they were like you're gonna spar against jimmy dang and jimmy dang at the time was this short guy he was probably like five five like very short you're describing someone who if i saw him appear at like a fighting tournament i would know he was dangerous right away yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) oh yeah well and everyone kept saying like you know watch out for for his like kick man his kick is insane (laughs) yeah an iconic move (laughs) yeah his high schooler had a signature move he had a signature move, and so Weldon is fighting uh, uh, Jimmy Dang, and Weldon has like that chest pad and the gloves and the helmets. Like, we, even though we were crazy, we were still like secure. But I just remember right out the gate, Jimmy Dang hitting him with a flurry of punches, and like, er, like just like pop, 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 and like Weldon's trying to like block it. Weldon's block breaks and Jimmy does the kick. He like jumps up in the air and does a Liu Kang style kick that sends Weldon flying across the the cafeteria. (laughs) And unfortunately for Weldon, this is just as all like the cool black kids like walk around the corner and all they see is Weldon get kicked and they're like, damn! (laughs) And so like anytime he like walked past like any of the black people at school, they're like, he's the dude who got super kicked. Holy shit. Wait, so this this kid was... Because here's the thing. When when (laughs) Liu Kang does his bicycle kick, 
That is not a real, he defies gravity. He leaps into the air and both of his legs kick for five or six seconds in yeah. midair as he's just floating forward, oh, yeah. kicking. You're saying you saw a human being do this in real life. Ben, the only video image in my head is him doing exactly <laughs> that. That's the only memory I have of Good that Lord. kick. Jimmy Dang, if you're out there, I want you on Mortal Podcast. <laughs> I think he's like, uh, he was, last I checked, he was like selling suits. Uh, I think he wow. might be selling cars now. He's a businessman. Okay. But presumably still fights in his spare time. That sounds like the, also so. the kind of person who would be in an underground fight club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like just businessman yeah. by like day. Like an Indochino affiliate oh, yeah. by day and by night. <laughs> he's like, he's like, it's time to fight. <laughs> Oh. Shit, that's insane. Where'd you grow up again? Uh, out here. I grew up in okay. uh, L.A., but I went to Downey High. Wow, well, all did, right. Yeah. Went to Downey High. Man, I wonder if it's as dangerous now in terms of fighters appearing yeah. at any given moment. I don't know. I've been trying to flex you. for so long. Like I said, I'm uh, friends now with that teacher because I right. was introduced. I was always his like student advisor, which uh, so I always kind of had more of a friendly relationship to him. So which mm-hmm. was why he was like, because I did improv. He's like, well, if you still want to do improv, I have a team, and I joined my high school teacher's improv team. But I felt huh. bad for him because I was his like student uh, teacher's assistant, and all I did was download and play emulators <laughs> sure. on his computer. Yeah. And like he had that sweet Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. he taught drama class. What am I <laughs> like? I'm a, sorry, bro. I'm gonna just be on here playing these emulators until you need me to read <laughs> Macbeth with one of the students. <laughs> wow, uh, you have the perfect background then to talk about Liu Kang because he. Uh, was a student of martial arts from the very beginning, not unlike Jimmy Dang. Yeah. Uh, he really was the Jimmy Dang of the Mortal Kombat yeah, yeah, franchise. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of background on Lou. He initially had been conceived as like a genuine monk. Like he was going to be bald. He was going to look like a traditional monk. He was going to wear monk's robes. And uh, instead, somewhere along development, he wound up looking like Bruce Lee, sounding like Bruce Lee, yeah, and having moves that were reminiscent of Bruce Lee. Uh, he was always intended to sort of be the protagonist of Mortal Kombat, to be the most accessible character that like people could play as. And I think this changed, as you'll see as we talk about his story. But initially, the idea was that like the entirety of the series of Mortal Kombat would center on him and eventually like his children, and it would be about legacy. And that's not what wound up happening. I, as a kid, was not super into Liu Kang because I was like, well, he's just like one of the humans. Why would yeah. I play? He's the guy I would expect to be in a fighting tournament. <laughs> Why would I not play as like a ninja who can throw ice? Yeah, I know you, you were either a scorpion guy or a, or a sub zero guy. That was the yeah. two teams of the early Mortal yes. Kombat. The two genders, scorpion yeah, yeah. and sub zero. <laughs> uh, Which, by the way, really just th- I it, I was like maybe a full grown adult when I figured out that scorpion was the good one. Well, in that game. You know, it changed back. Scorpion was the good one at first, and then the first Sub-Zero died, and then his brother became Sub-Zero, and then he was a good guy, and then they were both good guys, and Scorpion was bad, and then he was good again. It's been a real journey. Yeah. But that's what I love so much about the storytelling in these games is that, so, like, I didn't like Liu Kang because he was so straightforward in the beginning. Now he's my main. Oh, really? Yeah. He's the guy that I usually play as in Mortal Kombat 11 because they've taken him on such such an unexpected, like, journey for... The sort of like Harry Potter, the Luke Skywalker, like proto hero. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll talk about that. But first, let's go to the beginning. So, Liu Kang had a, 
a real a real hero's journey that he was orphaned and left on the doorstep of uh, the Order of Lights Shaolin Temple in China. That just is how you know this game was made in the nineties. Yeah, because that was <laughs> a lot such of orphans. <laughs> That was like, when you really think about it, and I didn't really think about it till now, but in the 90s, that was the origin story for so many. Wasn't that like Matilda? Like yes. she was left on the, an orphan left on uh-huh. the step. Like, I'm surprised. Like, we got to bring that back. We got to start leaving our heroes on I think steps. Pop culture needs more orphans. Yeah. You know, it started with Moses, and yeah. I think. Sent them down the so river. I'm going to leave some babies. Yeah, yeah. And just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even in life. <laughs> You know, know, the world needs heroes, is all I'm saying. And maybe we need people to step up and leave their babies in baskets in different places I know. What would someone in this day and age do with a baby left? Because the Mm. premise of that is that the person is like, well, got to take care of this baby. This is my kid now. Yeah. So what would someone, like, if you opened your door tomorrow morning and there was a child. Me personally? Yeah, in a basket. I would call the police. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't think, I have to take care of this child. Uh... I do. I will say, I I am a thirty-year-old man who is yet to bear children. Uh, so I think I do think a part of me would be like, "This is my child now. Yeah. I have to. I have to take care of this child." And then I think the logical part of my brain would kick in and be like, "Yeah, you got to You got to call someone to come, yeah, get this, come me, collect this me, kid. I got to check that baby out because yeah. you get a rare opportunity to keep or get rid of an ugly baby. Like you know, okay. if you birth an ugly baby, that's your baby. You're you stuck. You, with you, it. You, you're stuck with it. Yeah. There's no way around it. Sure. You get a cute ass baby, like a, a true advantage. Gerber baby. You're like, I might not roll this well <laughs> with my own genes. You also, I guess, do have the possibility that that child will grow up to be a remarkable hero. Oh yeah, but, like I mean, already has high chances of being an NBA player. Yeah, but by the same turn, you have the possibility that you will die tragically and inspire that child yeah. uh, to go on. And you know, it's a question, I guess, of what what you're really willing to risk. Yeah. Sure. But what's weird to me is so like this is Luke Kang's backstory. It is never ever touched on. At no point in the entire history don't expect to ever hear about Luke Kang's parents again. <laughs> it is never brought up. Somehow not significant who his parents might be, despite the fact that he grows to be maybe the most significant person oh, yeah. in the entire universe. They got killed by b- bone demons. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there are a lot of bone demons <laughs> yeah. in Mortal Kombat, so that is one of the likelier scenarios. <laughs> Impaled by a giant skeleton hand yeah. is a way that a lot of people go. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Maybe they were just walking by, tripped through Liu Kang on the steps, and fell into one of those spikes <laughs> that seem to be everywhere. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, uh, there are a lot of pits full of spikes. And we'll put it in a quarter in time. Well, Liu uh, was lucky to be dropped off at just the right doorstep because it was the doorstep of... Like I said, a Shaolin temple that was run by this group called the Order of Light, which meant that this temple had a special relationship with Raiden, who is a god assigned to protect Earthrealm. I don't know how much you know about the deep lore of Mortal Kombat, but to break it down really quickly, uh, at the dawn of time, um, <laughs> there were the Elder Gods, uh, you know, like any pantheon of gods, and there was the One Being, very mysterious what that means. Uh, the Elder Gods were sick of the One Being sharing, maybe sapping their power, so they split the One Being up into what we perceive as the different dimensions. Okay. So like Earth Realm, our dimension, that's one piece of the One Being. Uh, there's Outworld, which you've seen in the games before. That's the sort of like desert areas. It's where Shao Kahn lives. It's where a lot of like the villains of Mortal Kombat live. Edenia, which is kind of an idyllic realm. There's the Order Realm, the Chaos Realm. 
that are exactly what they sound like. Um, and the Nether Realm, which is basically hell. So those yeah. are like the six primary realms. What's what's in the Order Realm? Who's from there? Cops. <laughs> it is literally a bunch of dudes that yell at each other about what the laws are and how they need to serve the laws the best. And the oh. laws. Oof hate it yeah it's bad uh and then chaos realm is a bunch of dudes who've like ripped their own faces off and they're like there are no laws you're like oh man if somehow y'all can meet in the middle yeah yeah no, no. and they're at constant war but then they also have their own civil wars going on it's like possibly the dumbest and weirdest thing in mortal Kombat, yeah. and uh like everything in mortal Kombat, i love it <laughs> But um, both realms pretty much completely insignificant to Liu Kang's yeah. story. He's got he's got like the major realms in mind. That's it. So he gets dropped off on this doorstep, uh, and the Shaolin Temple's like, okay, well we'll raise him here. He'll be a monk, and we'll train him to be a fighter like everybody else. Our relationship with Raiden basically means that like so. In order for these realms to invade each other, the rules that the Elder Gods have put in place is that they have to beat each other in ten Mortal Kombat tournaments in a row. Um, so. Outworld uh, re- has already consumed like a ton of other realms, merged them with Outworld, and their emperor, Shao Kahn, has become more and more powerful as he's done this through thousands of years. And um, he's now beaten Earthrealm in nine tournaments uh, with his champion, Goro, who, of course, I'm sure you're familiar with, oh, yeah. half-dragon prince with four arms. Um, so in that span of time, like over those nine tournaments, uh, Earth's champion uh, that was place to like fight uh, against Shao Kahn who actually beat uh, another champion from Outworld this guy Shang Tsung and was ultimately killed by Goro uh, was this guy called the Great Kung Lao uh, he was like 500 years before Liu Kang fought in the first Mortal Kombat tournament that he fought is in is this the hat guy? this was the ancestor of the hat guy Okay. so this is like way before like Mortal Kombat's the game's stories even kick okay. off there was this guy named the Great Kung Lao and he's just like the best example of a warrior monk from this Shaolin temple. Um, but they have like a great history of like the best fighters in Earthrealm almost always come from this temple. They're trained by Raiden. They're trained by just the best people to become the best fighters who can pretty much, you know, beat a half dragon prince to death, hopefully with their bare hands. Yeah. Um, so Liu Kang grows up in this temple and unlike pretty much everyone else in the world of Mortal Kombat, he knows about the realms and gods and elder gods and the Mortal Kombat tournament uh, before he even gets involved in the story. Everyone else kind of gets pulled into it, like, yeah. what? What the fuck's going on? Liu Kang literally trains his entire life for this, uh, which is something I thought you would dig because I know that you're a huge Dragon Ball fan. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it's a very Goku thing yeah, that he's like, like it's ready. all about training. Yeah, yeah. Training to be the best fighter. Well, Goku, it seems more selfish when it's compared to this guy who's like, my world will be destroyed yeah. if I don't. And Goku's like, I'll put my world on the line to see who's the strongest. <laughs> it's really all about proving his strong. Yeah, no, Liu Kang is just all about defending the earth, doing what's right. He is like a total Boy Scout, which is funny because his best buddy growing up is Kung Lao who's a descendant of the great Kung Lao, who's all ego. He's the guy who's just like, I just got to prove that I'm the best. Yeah. And yes, he has a badass hat that's a razor blade that he throws like a Frisbee and slices <laughs> people's heads off. Uh, he rules. Yeah. So um, Liu Kang, Kung Lao, they're best buddies. They're Shaolin monks. They grow up together training. And eventually it becomes clear that Liu Kang is the best champion that the Shaolin Temple has ever seen, uh, possibly better than the great Kung Lao. And Raiden says, you're going to be my champion when the next Mortal Kombat tournament rolls around it's going to be the one that decides whether or not Outworld consumes Earthrealm. So it's really important. So he sends uh, Liu Kang to go train with this guy named Bo Raicho, uh, who is a drunken master 
from Outworld. He's like a guy who's native to Outworld, who is a refugee in Earthrealm, basically training Earthrealm warriors in the hopes that one day one of them will defeat the horrible Emperor Shao Kahn, who's made Outworld into this terrible dystopian wasteland, yeah. so that he can go back to Outworld and go home. So yeah, an Outworlder trains Liu Kang, and he's like, you've learned all the Earthrealm fighting styles, like, now I'm going to teach you, like, Outworld shit. And it's actually canon in Mortal Kombat that he invented the Drunken Master <laughs> fighting style, because he's just a drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, like, brought it to Earth. Um, and so eventually Liu Kang, you know, he finishes his training, he can take on any Earthrealm threat, he can take on any Outworld threat, and he's inducted into this secret society called the White Lotus Society that is dedicated to protecting Earthrealm. They're like the secret group that Raiden runs that is just anyone who's strong enough to defeat any threat to Earthrealm. They commit their lives to doing so. So the time comes. It's going to be the first Mortal Kombat tournament in Liu Kang's uh, life. And it is the like do-or-die tournament to decide whether or not Outward gets to take us over. And so Liu Kang goes to Shang Tsung's island, and it's almost like a rum springer for him and that he like meets other people that yeah. are not Shaolin monks. <laughs> he, like, oh, hey. Yeah, he meets like a movie star named Johnny Cage, yeah. who's literally there uh, just because he heard there was a fighting tournament. He wants to prove that he doesn't use special effects in his movies, that he's really a good fighter. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's his story. <laughs> yeah, no, that's Johnny Cage. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he meets Sonya Blade, uh, who works for the military and is there he's to find... down Keno, right? She's hunting down Kano, this, like, black ops, like, mercenary guy. With um, a cyber face for some reason. Yeah, he has a laser eye because half his face got disfigured by... I forget. There's, like, some canon answer to who it was. It's weird. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, you know, Luke Kang makes these new friends. They're very different people from him. It's enlightening for him, and he fights in this tournament, and he does exactly what he was trained to do. Uh, he kicks Goro's ass, the champion of Outworld, for nine tournaments now. He then has to fight Shang Tsung, the sorcerer who Shao Kahn sent to run this tournament. He beats them both. The island crumbles into the sea. Liu Kang has fulfilled his destiny. He won. He did it. Yeah. Go Liu Kang. Woo. And at that point, he's probably like, wow, I wonder what the next chapter of my life is going to yeah. be. Like, I did the thing that I've spent my entire life working towards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he goes back to the Shaolin Temple, uh, and he finds everyone there dead. Well, damn. Massacred. Yeah. It turned out that after he won the first tournament, Shao Kahn was furious and said to Shang Tsung, like, I'm going to restore you to life. And I'm going to tell you, you better find out a way right fucking now that we didn't just waste like 500 years trying to take over Earthrealm only to lose the 10th tournament. That's not going to fly. So Shang Tsung is like, all right, I'm pretty sure I can find a loophole. I will uh, basically like start doing terror attacks on people in Earthrealm, like open up these portals and send these mutant guys with spear arms uh, called the Tarkatans in to yeah. just slaughter people all over the place until Earthrealm agrees to do a do-over tournament on our home turf in Outworld. So they do that. They slaughter everyone at the Shaolin Temple. All of Liu Kang's friends are dead except for, thankfully, Kung Lao. Liu Kang and Kung Lao are like, yo, we got to go to Hollywood. <laughs> Okay, wait, what? We gotta go talk to Johnny Cage. <laughs> okay, even crazier. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah, so these two Shaolin monks, like, I don't know, hop on a plane or a boat. I don't know how they get yeah. there, because it seems like they live in a very different world from the rest of oh, us. Oh, yeah. But they go to Hollywood, and they're like, hey, Johnny. And Johnny's there with Jax, who's Sonia's partner. And Jax is like, hey, Sonia got kidnapped. What's going on? And then they all get attacked by more Tarkatan warriors. And uh, so the four of them are hanging out there like, what the fuck's going on? And Raiden shows up just in time for Shang Tsung to arrive and say, hey, Raiden, all of you guys, here's the deal. 
come to Outworld right now, do a do-over tournament where I'm just going to keep killing people indiscriminately. Uh, and I don't know why this is legal, but I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, I feel like this should disqualify it them. It feels like the Elder God should step in, but I think at this point they're like, well, we said no merging the realms. <laughs> We didn't say anything about murder. That's a police matter. <laughs> so so uh, Liu Kang is like, fine, I don't give a shit. I'll do it. So they all go to Outworld. And again, it's like a big eye-opening experience for Liu Kang. He goes to another dimension. Uh, he's ready to take on Shao Kahn, and anyone Shao Kahn throws at him in this tournament. And while he's there, he meets Shao Kahn's adopted daughter, Princess Katana, Ooh. who she was the princess of Edenia, a realm that's already been merged uh, with Outworld. Shao Kahn killed her father. He uh, tried to marry her mother, Queen Sindel. Sindel killed herself. Sindel is the hair lady. Yeah, too. Sindel has long hair and screams like a banshee. Yeah. Um, but she's like dead. She killed herself, uh, and Shao Kahn has basically been raising Katana as his daughter. And Liu Kang <laughs> meets her and is like, oh my God, I've never felt this way before. <laughs> I'm in love. And so he's like, oh, so none of the Earth Realm girls were worth your time. <laughs> you over here in the outer world getting sprung. Mm-hmm. So Liu Kang, you know, he's like, I got to help Katana. I got to save Earth Realm. So he winds up beating everybody. He beats a rejuvenated Shang Tsung in the tournament. He beats this guy, Kintaro, who's part of Goro's race. And he's basically a Goro with uh, tiger fur. Yeah. Uh huh. So, like, uh, just imagine a big four-armed dragon prince covered in tiger fur. Oh, you know, I'm about to get a good look at Kintaro. Yeah, Kintaro rules. Yeah, because I think I remember loving Kintaro because that sounds like a like an iffy move. Well, it's a real good. It's like how do you how do you one up a four-armed dragon prince like ogre monster? And the answer is give him tiger fur. (laughs) Uh, So they do. So he beats Kintaro, and then Shao Kahn is like, "All right, you beat everybody. Let's see you beat me." And uh, Shao, Shao Kahn, Shao Kahn's like straight up a god. Shao Kahn was supposed to be the Raiden of Outworld, and instead yeah. he was like, no, I'm going to be the boss. I'm going to overthrow this other emperor, this guy Onaga, and I'm going to take over and turn this place into a desolate wasteland and merge all of the realms and be all powerful. Yeah. So Liu Kang's like, I'm going to fight literally a god, and he does it, and he wins. <laughs> uh, and he did it. He returns to Earthrealm. He's stopped Outworld, and uh, you know he feels like a real hero. And he decides, hey, me and Kung Lao, we're going to go back to Earthrealm. We're going to raise a new generation of Shaolin monks together. Uh, it's going to be great. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and so Shao Kahn at this point is like, I failed to merge our realm with Earthrealm after wasting 500 years. I've been humiliated by getting my ass kicked in front of everybody <laughs> when I'm supposed to be able to rule this realm. Yeah, yeah, shit's, uh, shit's different now. Because, yeah. I, I mean, you know he's definitely in, in the back office. They're, they're all getting their uh, evil coffee. And he's like, oh, <laughs> damn, I guess you got your ass kicked by Liu Kang too, huh? Because <laughs> you, you were sweating <laughs> us when it happened to us. Now you getting your ass kicked. Okay, I told you you were strong. <laughs> That's, that's what I imagine Goro is saying. Yeah, that's what Goro is saying. He, he tips four. four co- co- <laughs> yeah. I love that our brain was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both <laughs> of our idiot brains synced up and we're like, well, they're having coffee. Yeah, yeah they're... Goro would logically have to be drinking four yeah. cups. As if... And no human ever drinks two cups at the same time, but we're like, nah, but Goro... But Goro, I mean, if you got four arms, you're going to... I guess, like, statistically, it would be at least two. Yeah, yeah. Because we use half two. of our hands yeah, yeah. to drink so coffee. Use... Yeah, probably would, like would upper a, right, yeah, lower yeah. left... <laughs> Get out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So they have their coffee meeting. 
And Shao Kahn's like, let's just do, all right, let's just do a brainstorm. No bad ideas. Yeah. What, do, what do we do here? And uh, Shang Tsung says, all right, here's the plan. I'm originally from Earthrealm, and I, like, sold them out to come here to Outworld, right? But technically, I'm an Earthrealmer, right? And Shao Kahn's like, right, right, go on. He goes, all right, Queen Sindel is technically your wife. She's just dead, right? And Shao Kahn's like, yeah. And he's like, terrific. So here's the plan. I bring Sindel's dead body to Earthrealm. I resurrect it there. Uh-oh, immigration loophole. Your wife is now an Earthrealmer. You can just... No, invader. This, this is forget not, the Mortal Kombat tournament. This is not. This is not lore. Are you serious? This is lore. <laughs> this, this is this, this is the canon story. Because here's the thing. This is where like, because you know how in video games there's so many games with convoluted lore that they just kind of scrap. This is people making lemonade now. They're like, oh yeah. no, this still works. This still tracks. Now we're just getting into the Game of Thrones <laughs> of what Mortal Kombat is. Yeah. I'm I'm in. What's kind of great too is like, they always do build into when they do these absurd stories where you're like, well, doesn't that break all of the rules? So this was like the story of Mortal Kombat 3. I think it starts with Raiden going to the Elder Gods and being like, yo, this is not <laughs> legal, right? Like, yeah. you made a whole rule about that. And they're like, well, he's not merging the realms. He's invading. Yeah, that's different. There's all these, yeah. like, loopholes. Yeah, they're real centrists about it. Yeah, yeah. The S-tier, <laughs> we don't want to upset, yeah. S-tier uh, warriors in uh, Mortal Kombat are lawyers. Yeah, <laughs> it seems that way. Yeah, yeah that's that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's what Shao Kahn does. They like bring back Sindel. She's like psychotic now. She's basically like an evil revenant, like zombie. And uh, all of a sudden, these portals open up over Earth. I think primarily over New York City, and just dragons and centaurs and monsters start pouring out and just slaughtering people in the streets. People's souls are being pulled up into the sky. <laughs> Um, and just absorbed by Shao Kahn. And it's just a straight-up invasion. It's just a takeover. Raiden goes and tries to complain. It doesn't work. So Liu Kang, you know, fighting tournaments are out the window. He's now just, like, hitting the streets in New York City and fighting monsters in the streets. <laughs> um, you know, Kung Lao and all these friends he's made up to this point help out. Uh, there are some casualties. And specifically, Kung Lao, like, approaches Shao Kahn in the streets. is like, fight me, motherfucker. And Shao Kahn is like, yeah, you don't look like Liu Kang. Great. And just kills Kung Lao. No way. Uh, so it seems. Oh. Well, let's see. Uh, Liu Kang sees that happen and is like, fuck this. And he just goes in a rage mode and is like, Shao Kahn, fight me right now. And they fight in the streets. And uh, he defeats Shao Kahn yet again. Yeah. And that defeat is so powerful that it sends Shao Kahn in a very weakened state back to Outworld. He's pretty much cooked. He's done. And uh, Liu Kang is like, I did it. He uh, walks up to Katana and is like, your realm is free now. Shao Kahn has no more power. Edenya is free. Like, I've given you back your world. Uh, and Katana is like, thank you. Um, I'm so happy that you're okay. And they're like, thank you for giving me my realm back. It's the greatest gift you could have given me. And Liu Kang's like, no problem, m'lady. Um <laughs> And then he finds out that Kung Lao's okay. He was just injured. Okay, great. Yeah, so it's like, this is this is terrific. Like, everything really worked out. So Liu Kang finally does get to set about the mission of like, all right, everyone at the Shaolin Temple is dead, so it's time for me to, uh, you know, train a new generation of Shaolin monks. So he kind of goes on this journey, traveling the world, 
uh, looking for people. He links up with a buddy of his named Kai uh, as he's traveling the United States. He's another guy that's like a member of the White Lotus Society and a great fighter, but he's never been a Shaolin monk. So he's like, will you join me? And Kai's like, yeah, dude, I'm in. Um, and everything's kind of going great, but just as Liu Kang is starting this like mission of raising a new generation of heroes, uh, a fallen elder god, basically like the Lucifer of the Mortal Kombat world, yeah. this guy named Shinnok. Um, oh, son of a gun. Yeah. You just know if a guy is named Shinnok, he's yeah, not going to yeah. be a good dude. Yeah, he Shinnok is going to, he <laughs> Shinnok going to do what? <laughs> Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, well, <laughs> apparently this guy named Shinnok, uh, he was an elder god. He tried to take over the realms like eons ago. Raiden defeated him, and he's been hanging out in basically hell in the nether realm, uh, trapped there ever since. Um, but he and this sorcerer necromancer named Quan Chi have cooked up a plan. They were just biding their time, waiting for Shao Kahn to be out of the picture, and now they're like, great, now we can do that. We can, <laughs> we can conquer all the realms. So... They go to the restore to Denya. They kidnap Katana. And uh, Liu Kang shows up and he's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to save Katana. And he can't. He fails. They actually like beat Liu Kang up and he has to return to this tail between his legs to Earthrealm. Oh, damn. And be reminded, like, you know, some challenges are too great. You need to rely on your friends. Yeah. So he gets his buddies together. He gets Raiden. And uh, together they take on Shinnok. They take on Quan Chi and the forces of evil uh, and send them all back to Netherrealm great they did it yet again and katana says to Liu kang she's like look we've been through a lot uh it seems like we're always going to be in life or death situations let's make the most of it why don't you come back with me to adenya and you can be my king we can rule together um but Liu kang in typical hero form is like no i know my role now it's on me to protect the earth which you're i don't know if that's the lesson yeah yeah you're so dumb <laughs> you didn't, the lesson was that all your homies are kind of stronger than you now yeah is that you've got a great team and sometimes you need to just delegate yeah so maybe call them up yeah but he says you know i gotta protect the earth um it, it's hard for me to do this but uh you have to be you have to take care of adenia i have to take care of earth realm this is goodbye he says goodbye to katana um, a few years pass, and Lou enjoys like a nice and definitely celibate existence, <laughs> uh, just sort of training at this uh, at the Wuxi Academy, which is like the fighting academy at the Shaolin Temple, uh, and everything's going great until one day he's practicing out in the courtyard, and this is kind of where things take the turn where I started to really become interested in Liu Kang. So I was like, "Holy shit, you can just do this!" Yeah, he's training in the courtyard, and uh, Kung Lao approaches him, and he's like, "Hey, Kung Lao, how's it going, dude?" But as he gets close, he sees Kung Lao start to transform into Shang Tsung, who, as you know, is a shapeshifter. It's like yeah. his whole thing. So he's like, oh, fuck, no way. So he starts fighting Shang Tsung, uh, but then all of a sudden he gets attacked from behind. It's Quan Chi, the little sorcerer, necromancer <sighs> yeah. buddy of Shinnok. And he's like, holy shit, these guys have formed a deadly alliance. <laughs> Before coming here, they just assassinated Shao Kahn. They straight up killed him. Yeah, and now they have a plan. They're gonna like resurrect this uh, immortal army that used to belong to the wait, old wait. emperor of Outworld. So, so Shang Sun, yeah, and Quan Chi, yeah, the two sub bosses, yeah. and they've much. killed Shao Kahn. Yeah. Oh dang! Together they were able to do it because they were like, we're the people that everyone tasks with actually doing stuff. Yeah. What if it's it really is a case of like, what if the worker were to rise? Yeah. And and uh, what if we brought back the guillotine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Ooh. so these comrades, uh, Shang Tsung and Quan Chi, 
have formed a deadly alliance. They have their own plan for how they're going to take over the world. They're going to try to uh, resurrect this undead army that used to belong to Onaga, the first emperor of Outworld. They're going to try to make a, a tornado of souls and usurp the elder gods and become immortal and like take over the world together. Uh, so they've killed Shao Kahn and now they've just shown up when Liu Kang least expected them when he's alone. And they start fighting him and he tries to fight back, but they manage to do what nobody else could. They kill Liu Kang. Whoa. They straight up murder him. And this is how one of the games like straight, actually starts like yeah. with this happening. Uh, Shang Tsung, like, he just he grabs Liu Kang's head, he snaps his neck, and he absorbs his soul. And Liu Kang is dead. Kung Whoa. Lao, yeah, Kung Lao and the other Shaolin monks run outside. They're like, what happened? And they just find Liu Kang's mangled body lying on the ground. <sighs> They're like, oh, this this is bad. Yeah. And they, they build a shrine in his honor, and it fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so. So he's uh, not in that game, is what you're saying. He is not. But it's not the end of Liu Kang's story. Okay. When, uh, what game is this? This was the fifth Mortal Kombat game. Okay. Which is called Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. <laughs> Is that why you hit the Deadly Alliance so hard? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, they kind of rule. I love yeah. the Deadly Alliance. Because you oh, have yeah. all these villains that are like, oh, you guys are so single-minded. And the Deadly Alliance, like, actually got together and were like, let's come up with a plan. Yeah. Uh, let's just be fucking snakes and, yeah, yeah. And, and just take out everyone. I mean, that, that like, shape-shifting ability could have been used like that years ago yeah it really was a matter of going like why do i have a boss yeah why why am i fighting people fair i'm yeah. a bad guy i don't have to do tournaments i don't have to challenge people this honestly he didn't even have to reveal himself he should have just came up as kung lao's like let's spark <laughs> just yeah, kidding that's true but i also think Sha- shang Tsung's kind of a showboater yeah so also there's that like, like <laughs> honor too like it was like yeah. we're we're Kung fighters, I'm going to beat you up. Yeah, but definitely, like, you know, as strong as Liu Kang is, the fact that he's killed a god, that all makes sense. But I think anyone caught by, like, a soul-eating shapeshifter and a guy who throws skulls and can summon little <laughs> demon buddies, like, you're just not... You're not yeah, going to You're, gonna, in, a, you're, you're in a rough spot. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Liu Kang's friends try to get vengeance. Uh, they try to fight the Deadly Alliance, who are in the process of, like, resurrecting this army... And uh, the Deadly Alliance, you know, they were good enough to beat Liu Kang. They kill everyone. They murder Sonya. They murder Johnny Cage. They murder Kung Lao. They murder Katana. Uh, they even lay Raiden out. They don't kill him, but they, like, knock his ass out. Like, he cannot yeah. take them down. So they're able to actually successfully do it. They're able to resurrect Onaga's army. Uh, they're able to get the Sultanato going. And uh, they're going to take everything over when Onaga himself is resurrected. Uh, in the background of all of this, someone has helped resurrect Onaga, the Dragon King, who's like the greatest necromancer that ever lived. Yeah. It was because he had an army where they'd get killed and he'd just resurrect them. They, they were literally unstoppable. So he comes back. Shang Tsung, Quan Chi, and even Raiden have to team up to try to beat him. They can't. Uh, he kills all three of them. Raiden has to basically suicide bomb himself, like explode his own energy yeah. to try to defeat Onaga, and it does not work. Onaga then resurrects all of Liu Kang's friends and make them his undead army and that's when Liu Kang's story picks back up because now that Shang Tsung is dead his soul is free and his ghostly spirit uh which is no it's kind of trapped between heaven and hell sees all of his friends who died for him now turned into like zombie warriors fighting in the name of evil and he's like this is not gonna fly 
something else that happens that he sees Raiden restore himself because Raiden being a god is very hard to kill. Yeah. But Raiden's different now. Raiden has snapped. He's like, I've been following the fucking rules for how long? And I had one job, which is to protect Earthrealm. And how well is that going? Yeah. Forget it. He basically goes like, I'm now at a point where I'm just going to do whatever it takes. Morals are out the window to protect Earthrealm. Any threat to Earthrealm? Murdered. No questions asked. <laughs> and uh, to the degree that he does something that's like pretty gross and uncool, he resurrects Liu Kang's body as like a zombie, literally like a green and decaying Liu Kang yeah. with chains hanging from his wrists. Yeah. And he makes him pretty much a zombie slave and sends him on like the warpath, killing anyone who might pose even the faintest of threats to Earthrealm. Oh, wow. And Liu Kang's spirit, which is separate from his body, is just witnessing his zombie self, like killing his friends and, and his still foes. Deadly Alliance. This is Deception, which follows Deadly Alliance. Okay, so Deadly Alliance ends with everyone dying? Yeah, Deadly Alliance starts with everyone dying and ends with everyone dying. <laughs> Deadly Alliance is literally just the story of how the Deadly Alliance got together, killed Shao Kahn and Liu Kang, <sighs> had a plan, enacted it, and killed every other hero in the series. Oh, you, you know your boy has to, like, look. <laughs> yeah. That is, the, that is wild and such a... Oh, boy. Uh, it rules. Yeah. <laughs> It's hardcore. And then the story of Deception is literally like, yeah, but even those guys got fucking punked. Yeah. And uh, then an even worse threat came back, and it literally brought out the worst in everybody. Oh, I remember this one, because this is when they gave Scorpion a sword. Yeah, that's when he got a a katana, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 Really going to call out me calling a sword a katana? All right. Well, no, this is me being a fucking nerd and trying to remember what kind of sword he oh, yeah. has. Because no, <laughs> you can is... customize what his sword looks like in the new Mortal Kombat game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It this rules. Is, I'm, I'm in it. Yeah, okay. dude. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm loving it. Okay. Sorry. No, it didn't mean to. I just had to see. Oh, no. I mean, Deception is, that was the one I played the most. Because it has like a huge third person like action RPG story mode where you play through like this whole story. Uh, and I was obsessed with it because I was like, wow, I can really explore all the realms. And they looked like shit because it was Xbox, like the original Xbox. Yeah. So they all look like you're just going through different shades oh, yeah. of mud. <laughs> but you got to go to like Nether Realm, Edenia, Outworld, Chaos. That was where they introduced the Chaos Realm and the Order Realm. Oh, man. Yeah. What would happen when you went to those realms? You would run around hitting the only attack button, which was punch, and bodies would just kind of flail around because the animation wasn't very good. Yeah. Because um, this is like a little bonus mode, like yeah. in addition to the fighting. And uh, this is like when Tekken had that mode where it was like a side scroll yes, beat them up. Yeah. yeah, so it was a lot like that, but it was okay. like third person. Oh. And then you'd walk around like talking to people and finding solving puzzles and like finding collectibles. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, it was and it was really long. Okay, but so, because of how like kind of slow and bad the gameplay was, there was literally a button to fast forward the game <laughs> on the controller <laughs> just Jeez. to get through it faster. Yeah, <laughs> I love that they. Okay, so now we're on deception. Uh, I love that they were like, we know this is bad. <laughs> yeah, they did their best. Um, I mean, it was literally like that game also had a chess combat mode where you could play chess, but when your characters wound up on the same space, you'd go into like the fighting game. Yeah. And it also had like a puzzle fighter mode. Oh my God. Yeah. And they did it again with the next one. They had another adventure mode and they added a uh, like a Mario Kart, but for Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It ruled. So that, uh, that's a game that should come back. The Mario Kart Mortal Kombat. Uh, agreed. For everyone who works on Mortal Kombat that's listening, and I know there are at least two of you, <laughs> I, I am begging you to bring back Motor Combat. Oh my gosh. Please. Uh, so Ghost Liu Kang is floating around. Like, this is literally my worst case scenario. 
I'm dead. Everyone's everyone I love is dead. They're being used for evil. So is my body. And all of the realms are in trouble because of the Sonaga guy. I have to do something. Uh, so in the end, he winds up teaming up with this ghost ninja named Ermac, mm-hmm. uh, who contains like a million spirits. Yeah, Ermac was that dude. Ermac rules. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like literally, I think Shao Kahn created him, but it's literally like a million souls trapped in one body. Yeah. He's a ninja. Uh, so he, Liu Kang's ghost teams up with Ermac because, you know, they're spirits. They can talk to each other. And also with Shujinko, uh, who is the person that was manipulated into freeing Onaga. Since he was a little kid, he's been manipulated by the spirit of Onaga. Now he's a very old man who has traveled the world learning different fighting styles to try to fix this mistake he made. Yeah. So Liu Kang becomes the teacher. He trains this old man, Shujinko, who then goes and, with Liu Kang's help, defeats Onaga, and Ghost Liu Kang is able to basically put back together the bodies and spirits of all of his friends and free them and resurrect them. And so then Kitana, uh, who's finally back to life, has a tearful goodbye with Liu Kang where they both have to actually face the fact that they'll now never get to be together. Yeah. He has to go be a spirit and like presumably move on. Yeah. Um, but instead he's like, he, he, what he winds up saying to her is like, I'm going to try to find a way to come back. I don't know how my body's still out there. Yeah. Being a crazy zombie. Raiden's still like not a great guy. <laughs> we don't have closure yet. Yeah. I'm going to do what I can. I'm just a ghost. But I'm gonna try my best. So the soul of Luke Kang goes on this desperate journey where he's trying to reunite with his body uh, and come back. And this journey leads him to this place called the Pyramid of Argus, mm-hmm. uh, which is a place where prophecy is deemed the war to end all wars will happen at the base of this pyramid. That all of yeah. the forces of good and all of the forces of evil will one day come at the point of Armageddon and fight at the steps of this pyramid. And whoever's able to get to the top uh, will do battle with uh, an elemental god and become the one being, pretty much become the most powerful being in the in the universe. Mm-hmm. And so the ghost of Liu Kang gets there and is like, all right, I've got to like figure out how to deal with this. But he's pretty much too late. It's like every villain, everyone from Shao Kahn to Shang Tsung to Shinnok is there, Onaga, and like every hero down to like Sonya and Katana. Yeah, they're like, we all want to come back to life, bro. Yeah, they're all there doing battle at the base of this pyramid and uh, everybody dies. Ghost Liu Kang like watches his zombified body who's just driven by vengeance chase Shang Tsung down on like the steps and like hook his chains into him and kill him, only be dismembered like moments later. Ghost Liu Kang is like, I guess that's it. I have to pass on to the afterlife. And what he sees, like, as he's passing on, is that the last two people to get to the top of the pyramid are Raiden and Shao Kahn. And Shao Kahn's going to win. He's going to murder Raiden. And this is, like, the end of uh, the first timeline (laughs) for Mortal Kombat. Okay. Because something crazy happens at this point. Oh. Raiden's about to die. Shang, Sha, Shao Kahn is about to become the most powerful being in the universe and just destroy everything. It's going to be the end. And what he does is he sends a message back in time to his younger self, circa the first Mortal Kombat tournament. But the only message he's able to eke out before his head is crushed by a giant hammer is he must win, which is pretty vague. <laughs> and that's when the new timeline begins. A new timeline in which Liu Kang's story... Uh, is very different than it was the first time around. Oh, wow. In some ways more tragic and in some ways more redemptive. Um, But again, it's cool in that it pretty much immediately does not go the way that you expect. Yeah. So cut back to the first Mortal Kombat tournament. (laughs) Raiden's there with his champion, Liu Kang, and Raiden's like, hmm, that's weird. And Liu Kang's like, what? He's like, I just heard the phrase he must win in my own voice in my head. 
And he and Luke Kang just kind of like shrug it off. <laughs> uh, and from that point, things, you know, start to go more or less the same. Luke Kang meets Johnny. He meets Sonya. He starts to fall for Katana. He wins the first Mortal Kombat tournament. And in that tournament, Raiden says to him, like, I think the message is that you must win. I think it's a dire message from the future. So Liu Kang, just so you know, I think it's really important that you win. And that's a lot of pressure, but Liu Kang's like, no problem. He beats Goro, he beats Shang Tsung, he saves Earthrealm, hooray, first tournament ends, great. And I think that one of the like little butterfly effect like changes at this point is that Liu Kang, who's been like a humble guy, who's like my, slowly realizes it's his role to protect the earth, yeah. instead is now told like, no, like prophetically, like you are the one who will save the earth. Yeah. Which I think is, it does different things to your head. Yeah. So Liu Kang wins that first tournament. But at the end of it, uh, Raiden, he has this amulet he wears around his neck that is part of the magic that let him send a message back in time. Yeah. Raiden's amulet cracks. And it's like, uh-oh, was that the right thing? Was it that Liu Kang must win? Or does this mean that like the prophecy of he must win is going poorly? Yeah. Um, so yeah, just like before, Liu Kang goes back to the tournament. Uh, sorry, goes back to his temple. Everyone's dead. Uh, Shang Tsung shows up and is like, you gotta do the Outworld tournament. Liu Kang's like, alright, cool, let's do this. He grabs Kung Lao and they all go back to the second tournament in Outworld. And that's where things start to change because this like butterfly effect. Uh, during the tournament, while Liu Kang is distracted uh, dealing with Katana, Kung Lao is the one who kind of steps up and is like, I know everyone thinks like, you're the hero, but I'm kind of a cocky guy. I'm gonna take control here. So during the second tournament, Kung Lao is the one who goes, hey, Shao Kahn, I'm calling you out. I'm a Shaolin monk too, dude. Let's fight. They fight, and Shao Kahn snaps Kung Lao's neck. And of course, this is, you know, Shao Kahn killed Kung Lao in the first timeline. Now it happens at the second Mortal Kombat tournament. It happens, like, way earlier, before they have that triumphant victory together. And Liu Kang goes into a blind rage and says to Shao Kahn, like, fuck you, dude. I'm calling you out. We fight right now. Uh, and so they do fight and Liu Kang does win just like before, but this time it's a more bittersweet victory at the end of that second tournament. Cause he's like, I just lost literally everyone I grew up with. Yeah. Everyone at the Shaolin temple's dead. Kung Lao's dead. I feel very isolated and alone. Yeah. Uh, same shit happens. Shao Kahn says, I'm going to do an invasion. I resurrect Queen Sindel, Katana's mom. She's back as like an evil undead revenant. It's time for them to invade Earthrealm. And this time around, because Raiden feels like more bound to Liu Kang because of the prophecy and being so open with him about it, he goes, hey, Liu Kang, I want to take you with me to see the Elder Gods. And we're going to ask them, like, is it legal for Shao Kahn yeah. to do this? So now, for the first time, Liu Kang meets the Elder Gods. And he sees firsthand uh, that Raiden says to them, like, I got this message. He must win from the future. I don't know what it means. I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, Shao Kahn's invading. That's not cool. We got to do something about it. And the Elder Gods pretty much say, like, we said it's against the rules to merge the realms without Mortal Kombat, but he's not merging. He's invading, so it's okay with us. And Liu Kang's, like, pissed. Yeah. And now he's also starting to call into question Raiden. He's yeah. like, dude, like, you don't know what the prophecy means, and the people you work for don't know what's going on? Like, what is this shit? Yeah. So Liu Kang, who was really devout in the first timeline, is starting to just doubt everything. Oh, yeah. Get an atheist, Liu Kang. And then the shit really hits the fan. He comes back to Earthrealm, and while he was with Raiden, which, you know, is something different in this timeline, uh, Sindel went to, like, a meetup of Liu Kang's friends and murdered everybody. So Liu Kang already came back to the Shaolin Temple. Everyone was dead. Already watched Kung Lao die before his eyes. Now he shows back up to, like, his little meeting place with Raiden and all of his buddies, 
And what he finds is all of his allies dead and Katana dying on the floor. She dies in Liu Kang's arms. Yeah. Uh, by the hands of her own mom. And it's all because Liu Kang and Raiden were not there to protect anyone. Yeah. And so Liu Kang just instantly turns on Raiden. He's like, you have made mistake after mistake after mistake. I'm the only reason we've gotten through any of this. And I need to stop listening to you. Your prophecy's insane. I think you've lost your mind. I think you're just addled and crazy. Yeah. Um, Raiden tries to tell Liu Kang, no, that's not it. I think I finally figured out what we need to do. He must win means Shao Kahn. We have to let Shao Kahn win. And then when he starts merging the realms, then the Elder Gods will stop him. That's why the Elder Gods just told us he has to merge the realms. That's against the law. Liu Kang is like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? There's no way I'm letting Shao Kahn win. He's responsible for killing literally everyone I love. I yeah. hate that guy. And they get into like a big fight uh, where Liu Kang is like, I'm going to go kill Shao Kahn. Raiden's like, you cannot kill Shao Kahn. Raiden and Liu Kang fight. And it's going to be, like, to the death. Liu Kang's going to do whatever it takes. Because at this point, he's like, fuck Raiden, I need revenge. They have a a horrible fight on this rooftop. Raiden's ready to murder... Or, sorry, Liu Kang's ready to murder Raiden. Raiden, like, puts up a lightning wall as, like, his defenses. There's a horrible accident, and Liu Kang dies. Raiden kills Liu Kang. It's, like, horrible, because... It's an accident. Immediately, Raiden's like, no, 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 no. And Liu Kang basically gets immolated. He bursts into flames. He's, like, burning to death. Yeah. And uh, as he's, like, dying, he says to Raiden, I blame you for everything. <laughs> Those are, like, his dying words. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, Liu Kang's life in the second timeline. Oh, that's that's it. That, that That's a... At that point... That's the Mortal Kombat, the game everyone calls like the reboot that came yeah. out in like 2011. And what game is, which Mortal Kombat is this? That one's just called Mortal Kombat. They basically decided we're going to reboot the games, but we're going to create a new timeline so that everything is still canon and we can kind of remix things in a fun way. Yeah. So that new people can become fans of the series, but also people who've been fans are still getting a satisfying continuation yeah. of the story. And the story mode in that game was nuts because it was like 20 hours long, I want to say. It was incredible. There were so many cutscenes. Yeah. It was, cra- it was like watching a movie. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, that's like what happens after that point, um, Raiden's right. They let Shao Kahn win. The elder gods intervene. Uh, Shao Kahn dies. And the last people left standing are Raiden, Sonya Blade and Johnny Cage. And that's like the new normal of this, of this, of this timeline. It's like apocalyptic. It's bad. Um, so that's when things get really interesting and surprising for Liu Kang, a character who was initially supposed to be like you know, a hero it's supposed yeah. to be the Luke Skywalker. He awakens in the nether realm in hell. And he now finds himself, uh, an undead revenant, which is sort of like what Scorpion was for a long time. Yeah. Basically like, a all the worst of him is brought out. He is undead. So he's alive, but he's not a human. He's got like graying decaying skin, glowing eyes. Yeah. And, uh, he awakens in the nether realm and finds Shinnok and Quan Chi and all of his friends, also Revenants, uh, already working for these guys. And they say to him, like, hey, Liu Kang, what we want to do is go up to Earthrealm, fight Raiden, and then uh, overthrow the Elder Gods. Are you in? And Liu Kang's like, yeah, I'm fucking in. <laughs> uh, so they uh, ascend to Earthrealm. He helps Shinnok and Quan Chi uh, in their dark plot to destroy Earth and yeah. overthrow the Elder Gods, um, along with all of his friends, like Kung Lao and Katana, they're all like undead revenants. And uh, as he goes up there, 
he finds out like Shao Kahn's gone, Raiden won, Raiden was right, but he still wants revenge. He's like, you're still like evil, like the Elder Gods are evil and they need to be destroyed. I'll do whatever it takes. He tries to help Shinnok uh, over like decades. There's like a decades long, oh, snap. from Liu Kang's perspective, we don't see it all in the games, but yeah. like for decades he tries to uh, wage this war from the Netherrealm. But ultimately, at the end, uh, he fights Sonya Blade and Johnny Cage, his old friends, who are like, Liu Kang, what's become of you? And he's like, fuck you guys. Uh, it's not enough in the end. Uh, Sonya, Johnny Cage, their children, uh, children of some of Liu Kang's friends, including Kung Lao's cousin, or are we, sorry, are, nephew, maybe. Are we in 10 now? Yeah, this is Mortal Kombat 10. Okay, oh, that makes so much sense, because I was like, why are we fighting Liu Kang? Yeah, Okay. that's why. Wow. That's what happened. Didn't get all that backstory. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, ultimately, that those those that new generation of heroes together is able to defeat Shinnok and defeat, uh, you know, all of these revenants. But what happens is it creates a power vacuum in the Netherrealm, and Liu Kang and Katana finally get a very dark version of the future they could have always had together in that first timeline. They become the emperor and empress of the Netherrealm. They basically become the king and queen of hell. Yeah. <laughs> Which is an insane place for their story to go. Yeah. Uh, it rules. <laughs> um, so it's like, yay, they're together. Yeah. But also like, boo, in hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And uh, and so that like chapter of the story ends it, with Raiden coming to them and saying, you know, I'm Dark Raiden now. I've come to the same conclusion I did in the first timeline. Anyone who fucks with Earthrealm. Wait, how did he become Dark Raiden this time? This time it was pretty much like just a decision. I think it, it, in like lore things, it was like Shinnok was trying to poison the Jinsei energy that like powers the Earth and Raiden had to do something to purify it. And because the Jinsei was corrupted and he was purifying it, it did something to his soul uh, that corrupted him a little bit. But also at this point, he was just like, I went through so much shit before, like even having to kill Liu Kang, that at this point I've realized I just need to have like a no holds barred. Yeah. Anyone fucks with Earthrealm, they're dead policy. So he like shows up to Liu Kang and Katana's throne room, throws Shinnok's head on the ground, and he says like, anyone fucks with Earthrealm, they're dead. You guys understand me? And Liu Kang and Katana are like, we'll see. And so it's just like, okay, things are not off to a great point. <laughs> um, so from that point on, Liu Kang and Katana are like, yeah, we need revenge on Raiden. We're going to invade Earthrealm. So they start plotting from like their bone temple in hell. <laughs> and uh, Raiden and Sonya and everyone kind of find out about that and decide to preemptively go down there and just destroy Liu Kang and Katana's palace oh, wow. that has all of their like power. And uh, they do so, and in the aftermath, while Liu Kang and Katana are like, what the fuck, just pissed, like, standing at the ruins of their palace, uh, they meet this person named Kronika. Kronika is, I just found out, actually, uh, a titan. Oh, so you're still currently playing through Eleven. No, I beat Eleven. This is, like, deep lore that's touched on in, like, one of the character endings in Eleven. Oh, okay. So I just was, like, I thought she was an Elder God, Mm -hmm. but, like, from another generation of Elder Gods... Because that lore is still getting like built out. She's something called a Titan. They came before the Elder Gods, and Shinnok is her son. Oh, wow. And she is like a Titan that controls time. Time is like her domain. Oh, guess that with Kronika. Yeah. So I'm guessing... Yeah, was that a weed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is the first place Ron Funches went when yeah, I brought yeah. up Kronika. <laughs> yeah, Kronika sounds cool. Have her at the party. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess I, my conjecture... 
is that like, so there's gods in charge of the different realms, like Raiden. They have like one individual realm. Then there's the elder gods who, because they made the realms, they're sort of policing the realms like from above, like all of the realms mm-hmm. um, because they don't want the one being to come back together. Yeah. I think he might've been a Titan or they might've been a Titan, whatever the one being was. And the other Titans all have domains that are like more metaphysical. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if Kronika's in charge of time, there might be one that's just in, t- in charge of like the concept of space or yeah. like, or geometry. Like, I don't know. There's, yeah. it seems to get less like our perception of reality from that yeah. point on. So Kronika controls time. She comes up to Liu Kang Katana is like, hey, things got pretty fucked up in this timeline, huh? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, I blame Raiden. He messed with time by sending a message back in time. That wasn't cool with me. Also, I'm kind of mad that my son is dead. (laughs) So she says, here's my plan. I'm going to rewrite time and create a new timeline that's perfect where everyone gets what they want. And there's balance between the dark and the light. And Raiden doesn't exist. Are you guys down with helping me? And Liu Kang's like, fucking sign me up. I'm in. Uh, so then something very strange happens. So we have our dark King Liu Kang in the nether realm who's helping Kronika in any way that she needs. Her plan is pretty much to like, she needs to physically go to this place where there's an hourglass of time and just needs people to protect her while she futzes with it so that Raiden and his guys can't come fuck her shit up. So Liu Kang's kind of guarding her and helping with that. But her presence here creates all of these anomalies, uh, throughout the world in which people are being uh, brought in from different points in the past, including young, hopeful Liu Kang. Oh, wow. From right after the first tournament, and Kung Lao, and Katana, and, uh, you know, good guys end back. Shao Kahn comes back, and now they're here in the present. So now we have a young Liu Kang who's like, what happens to me? I become what? (laughs) But the Shaolin monks, Liu Kang and Kung Lao, like, go and find Raiden and are like, hey, you were our boss. Like, we were just at a fighting tournament with you. Now we're here and you seem different. What's going on? He tells him, he fills him in on everything and he's like, we're going to stop Kronika. Are you on board? And they're like, yes. So now there's a good Liu Kang who's young and hopeful and helping Raiden and who's very studious and just wants to be a good boy. Yeah. And then there's evil devil Liu Kang <laughs> who's protecting Kronika. Obviously, they're going to collide. We get to see young and hopeful Liu Kang and Kung Lao go on like this fun adventure together where they're like trying to go on these different missions to help Raiden and they're like finding out about everything that happened in this timeline. Like, this is crazy. And also they're so young and fresh that Kung Lao's like, hey, you got the hots for that katana, babe, huh? And and Liu Kang's like, stop. (laughs) Um, It's really adorable. Um, And all's going well until young Liu Kang and Raiden wind up in conflict with each other again because <laughs> they disagree over how things are going and they wind up fighting. I don't even remember what it was about. It was like something petty. And uh, I-, I think Liu Kang finds out how much of this, these things that have gone wrong are Raiden's fault. Yeah. And it's like, this is crazy. I can't believe you did this. And they get into a big fight. But before Raiden, you know, basically executes Liu Kang again, he has a realization. He has these flashes through time, and he realizes that in every timeline, he and Liu Kang wind up at odds with each other, wind up in a fight. And it's manipulation from Kronika in each of these timelines, fo- forcing them into conflict, when what he needs to do instead is let go, trust Liu Kang. And he decides that the way to do that is to instead uh, give himself to Liu Kang. But before he can do that, Kronika's forces kidnap young Liu Kang, and uh, basically murder him. And no. give I know. <laughs> and give his soul to the evil Liu Kang, who now becomes super powerful. 
evil Liu Kang gets sent to fight Raiden, and now Raiden has to fight the Liu Kang that he personally betrayed, yeah. the Liu Kang that he personally killed, the Liu Kang uh, who has been like a demonic presence and has been at odds with him for like decades at this point, who's pretty much like the villain in his life. They fight, and he somehow actually Raiden winds up, he's going to win this time and has the opportunity to kill the bad Liu Kang. And uh, he realizes, like, this is not the way. I have to take a big risk. I have to, like, take a, le- take a leap of faith. So what he does is he merges his soul with Liu Kang's. Whoa. And in doing so, he turns Liu Kang into a god. Liu Kang becomes the god of fire. And thankfully, the, the part of Liu Kang's soul that wins out is the young, hopeful Liu Kang. Yeah. <laughs> so Liu Kang now becomes the best version of himself. It's like all the fighting skill he ever had, plus he's the god of fire, and he's going to just kick like major ass. He looks like he went Super Saiyan. His yeah. hair is blonde. Oh, man. He, he has like tattoos all of a sudden that oh, are glowing. Uh, he rules. He wears like Raiden's cool hat on like his back. Yeah. Uh, he, I love the costume for, uh. <laughs> for Fire God Liu Kang, which is his full name. Yeah. Um, and of course... This is what we need to do. He like goes and decimates Kronika's army. He gets all the way up to Kronika. He kills Kronika like the Titan of Time herself. Oh, snap. But he doesn't manage to do it. He he does it, but not until it's too late. Kronika does erase this timeline and everything. So the only people left are the many pieces of the soul of Fire God Liu Kang, and we're back at like the era of dinosaurs. Like we're back at like the age of I think they call it the Ka- the Chaosian Age. Yeah. Because it's Mortal Kombat. It's like the age of chaos. It's like before anything existed. I think pre-dinosaurs even. It's like you're on a big floating glowing rock and one day yeah. the universe will happen. And so uh, Raiden separates himself from fire god Liu Kang. And Raiden's immortal now. He's given. He's just a regular living human being. He's given all of his like godlike powers and immortality to Liu Kang. And he says to Liu Kang, like, all right, you're now the titan of time. You're now in charge of time. You're going to have to create a new timeline. I'm going to grow old and die. I'm just a person now. You need somebody uh, who will be with you through eternity for you to craft a new timeline with. And Liu Kang picks Katana. And that is the end of Liu Kang's story, is that he and Katana become immortal beings of hopefully light and goodness. They are now in charge of creating a new timeline in which they will decide what happens to everybody. And that's, that is the end of the story. That is a happy ending. If I, oh my gosh, I, that warmed my heart. Yeah, where I can't wait to see how they rip it to shreds for twelve. How they rip this happiness. It's nuts because they could literally do anything for twelve now. Yeah, you literally nothing would not play by the rules because we're starting at the very dawn of time yeah. itself. Uh, and it's interesting because like this Liu Kang contains everything Liu Kang went through yeah. in both of the timelines. So like he could make any number of decisions. Oh yeah. And Raiden no longer exists. That's that's great. I mean, I'm I'm loving it. And since I know a few uh, Mortal Kombat devs are listening, I, I love it. And I think if if there's anything I could pitch for twelve, it's that Jax goes back in time to stop himself from freeing the slaves and is like, let's free more slaves and, and, and double, <laughs> double down, double down, yeah, uh, and really, really, uh, and and make sure one has a shirt that says Ethno State in it rocks. Uh, <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I, I I had to weasel that conversation in here somehow because it blows my mind that the simple idea of it, when that's yeah. that concept has existed, like even just like Wolfenstein, like no one like loses their mind over like that alternate future. But it's like the, the concept, like, well, do you truly 
like for that to freak you out you kind of have to be a bad person if that you, freaks you no, out no it's more than kinda i yeah. would say if you're freaked out by the idea of erasing slavery yeah you're <laughs> you're bad you're a, and you a horrible games. person. No. Uh, you, and I, if you're listening to this podcast, straight up fuck you. <laughs> you're not allowed. <laughs> Go you're banned. Away. You're banned. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was a wild ride. I really, I'm glad I got Liu Kang. Because, yeah. You know, that's the funny thing with, like, fighting game stories is I always feel like the main character is the one true story because, you know, sometimes the stories, in a way, a little bit conflict. Like, yeah. And, but, like, I'm like, Liu Kang is the one true story i will say that like you know i've done i think nine other characters on the show so far yeah and all of their stories just feel kind of incomplete like they feel like they have beginnings and ends Mm -hmm. and then new beginnings and ends and then new beginnings and ends Liu kang's story really does feel like it is it is so representative of the entirety of the mortal kombat so yeah like it is all of the ups and downs but it feels like it has a concrete beginning and end. Like there's that kind of start and stop of like he dies, he comes back. Yeah. He has a chance to start over, but it feels like there's an arc to the whole thing, which is oh, like yeah. absolute power corrupt. Uh, but also, you know, people, you can't be too beholden to the people you look up to. Like you have to make your own decisions. Yeah. There's just a lot of good and interesting, like lessons in Liu Kang's story about like pride. Uh, oh yeah. It's, it's, it's great. I had, this was, you know, and I'm glad I didn't have to read through the Wikipedia myself, clicking links and yeah. moving forward. I got, I just got yeah, you had me on. spending a couple decades yeah, yeah. learning it piece by piece, then reading through the wikis to make sure that I didn't miss anything so I yeah. don't get yelled at. Yeah. Have you got yelled at yet? Uh, no, it's kind of awesome. And thank you, Moral Podcast listeners, is that the only thing that happens is every once in a while I'll get a message on some social media platform. This has happened like six or seven times now where someone's like, hey man, I love the show. I love what you're doing. Like as a Mortal Kombat fan, it's awesome. You did get one thing wrong and if you could just correct it the next episode, like Kronika's actually a Titan. She's not an Elder God. I was Ah. like, oh shit, cool, thanks. Or they'll say like, oh, um, actually like this is how this character died. Really, it was a little more complex than you said. I was like, oh cool, thanks. It's never like a you should have known this. It's always just like, hey look, everyone's got blind spots. This is a lot of stuff to keep track of just in case uh, you missed it. Here you go. I really appreciate it. The uh, the fandom's been awesome. There's only been one asshole so far. Uh, and he just really sucked, and everyone kind of just like went in on him. And then he was like, "I'm gonna keep enjoying the podcast." I'm like, "Cool." That, that's always every funny. listen count. That's, um, that's always great when people are like, "Oh man, you make me mad," but I'm gonna still listen because this is a good podcast. I'm like, "All right, enjoy." Just like being needing therapy forever alone. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um. uh, so there's one segment left on the show. Okay. Um, and I'm really excited to hear your answer to this. And mm-hmm. I wonder how much of uh, what you said before about your suggestions for the story will play into this, but. Uh, it's called Choose Your Destiny. All right. And it is the segment in which I ask you if, he, if you were in the Mortal Kombat universe, uh, which realm would you be in? What would you be? You don't have to be a human being. What would your story be? What would your powers be? What would your fatality be? Who is Ify Wadiwe in the Mortal Kombat universe? Oh, man. I feel like... So you, you remember that like white lotus dude who wasn't quite a monk? Like I'd be that before Scorpion, where it's like, yeah, I'm one of your ninja homies. I haven't really been jumped in the gang yet. But when, <laughs> when shit hits the fan, it's time for me to, to strap up, get, get, get masked up. You know, I, uh, I wonder what my powers would be. I, I, I imagine because because there's already so many bases covered. We have reptile. You have, uh, you know, uh, Ermac was kind of like a 
little close to smoke and then they kind of differentiated it where they're like no you are the souls guy yeah. uh and then smoke is smoke and then you have scorpion with the you know uh hooks and get over here and now a lot of fire stuff uh-huh. um sub-zero ice um I guess I'd be a stone guy. Like, I'd get rock hard. Oh, cool. They actually have a guy like that in uh, MK11. Goddamn, which guy? Garrus. Uh, Yeah. Oh, man. Which one's the cool new black guy? Him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one. Yeah. (laughs) That's me. Yeah. (laughs) When you play it now, just know it's me. So you are a martial artist, I assume a human, if you're part of the White Lotus Society, who's from Earth. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm part of, what's the name of the Scorpions clan? Oh, the Shirai Ryu. Yeah, yeah. So you're Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm like a, 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 a kind of associated, like, sure, a, a huge fanboy. Yeah, went to Japan once. <laughs> ended up stumbling into the clans, you know, meetings. Yeah, you know, it was like a real Men in Black International yeah, yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, very, very much. So. <laughs> and uh, and I started training with them. You know, uh-huh. just try, just you know, for fitness at first. Then I realized that this is bigger than fitness. Mm. And then I strap up. Okay, when it's time. Okay, cool. Uh, I have a question for you. So you may or may not know this, but uh, canonically, that clan gets uh, slaughtered, which is part of what motivates Scorpion in his story. Yeah. Do you die in that event, or are you like a survivor? I'm a I'm a survivor, but okay. he thought I got slaughtered because you know I don't speak Japanese, so I'm unable to talk to him. Right. You can't uh, really explain yeah, it. Yeah. Can't really explain it. You don't he seem like you're that high up yeah, in the ranks. Yeah. Maybe you could never actually met. Yeah. Yeah. You right. know, Scorpion doesn't have me on Facebook. Right. You know. So <laughs> so like we're I'm just kind of doing some more investigating thinking that it was done by, you know, maybe a Yakuza or, sure. or a rival clan or something. Yeah. And then Scorpion fills me in and I'm like, it's time to strap up. Okay. Okay. So yeah. I strap up. <laughs> so you are Scorpion's hype man who just keeps showing up and going, time to strap up. Yeah, yeah. It's time to strap up. And we put our masks on. Oh, yeah. I'm like the Dan of the, like, <laughs> of all the Scorpion type characters. Like, I really don't have any powers. <laughs> just I punch really hard sometimes. Yeah. I'm real strong and I make good friends. I yeah, pick yeah. the right friends. Oh, yeah. What is your fatality in this situation? My fatality is uh, I, I um, trip somebody and I punch them and I keep punching them till like I get real into it and real scrappy and then uh, their head explodes. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, from the sheer concussive force of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, like, it's oh, like a delayed effect. Ouchies. <laughs> Tight. Uh, well, Ify, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Where can people find you if they need more iffy in their lives? Oh, man. If you need more iffy in your life, uh, you know, see a doctor about that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> if they do approve, it's iffy Wadiway, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E on Twitter and Instagram. If D's on Twitch, if that's your thing, I have a podcast. I think it's fair to say that probably most of the people listening yeah. are on Twitch. Yeah, that's yeah. actually, yeah, that's very true. I have too many podcasts on Mondays. There's Candy Dinner uh, with me and my buddy Matt where we just talk dumb bullshit, mm-hmm. uh, talk about our favorite things this week, and usually uh, I've been introducing questions. Uh, Nerdificent on Tuesdays, Nerdy Deep Dives into uh, Nerdy Topics, which when is, when is this coming out? This is coming out uh, this coming Monday, which is okay. the 1st of July. Okay. July well, 1st. Next Tuesday, you'll be able to hear uh, Ben's episode where we do Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, and then now, a new podcast that I'm uh, also a host for is Who Shot You with Maximum Fun, uh, where we uh, talk <laughs> about movies. I'll be talking about yesterday. Whoa. Yeah. 
Too many podcasts. Hell yeah, dude. Wait, are you hosting the movie podcast? Yeah, yeah. That's a new podcast. I just came on as a host full time. I need to be, as you know, I'm a big movie guy. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm putting you on the spot saying you have to have me on it. Okay, I will. They just asked me for a list of guests. Put me me on the list. Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll let you know what movies. movies. Oh, I got a few, so I'll hit you up. Hell yeah. Cool. Uh, well, thanks again so much, Ify. Yeah, yeah. And thank you guys for listening. And as always, uh, choose, uh, test your might. That's one I don't think I've done before. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>